Welcome to episode 17 of Boston's Big Three, presented by Ride the Wave Media, sponsored by 10100. 10100 is the only online raffle website giving fans and experienced seekers the chance to win tickets to live sporting events, concerts, music festivals, and more. We got the Browns coming to Foxborough. You're definitely going to want to be there. See Baker Mayfield and the rest of those Cleveland bums come to uh, Tom Brady and Belichick's town. We got NBA season starting next week. Celtics games. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of raffles for that. Bruins season already in swing. Bruins hot start. Why would you want to miss a hot start uh, early in the season for a team that could go back-to-back in the cup? Or if you want concerts, they have concerts. I don't know the exact details of the concerts, but hey, they're there. Uh, whether it be from your desktop or mobile device, winning tickets to your favorite event has never been so easy and fun. So if you're at work, hide in the bathroom for half an hour, might as well just spend four bucks for a ticket. Why not? Who cares? What else are you going to do with four dollars? Go to the cafeteria downstairs and get like a soda and a sandwich. You're fine. Uh, choose a desired event, purchase a raffle ticket into the draw, and you can be the lucky winner. Episode 17, myself, Babs, Brandon, and Killer Kev, Mayor Charlestown, Owner Strass, Area 51 Survivor, all of those things. So uh, you definitely have heard of them before if you know about Ride the Wave Media. But Kev, what is up? What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me on here. Of course. So we're going to hop in real quick to NFL predictions because this is going to be a Celtics-heavy episode towards the end. But NFL season, we've been doing this every week. Brandon, you need to tell everybody how we did last week. I know I did terrible. <laughs> so immediately, I would love to jump in and just let let the people know that Tyler. We there are fourteen games that we chose from last week, and Tyler chose three of them correct. I did tell. I did <laughs> tell every single pick. I said 11. fade. I said fade my picks. So I'm three eleven and three. And eleven. If you follow my instructions, I'm saying fade every pick. You're eleven and three. And then I finished eight and six very average and then babs definitely won the week 10 and 4 as well as winning that super parlay bet you want to say something about that babs just don't doubt the spike king dude you know i you know let me just say something this is two straight weeks okay (laughs) two weeks ago i said the colts will beat kc and no one believed me how about when i said that oakland oakland would beat chicago no one believed me and then this past week, I said the Jets. The Jets were the lock, and the Jets would beat the Cowboys at home because Sam Donald was coming back. And no one believed me. So just letting you know, this upcoming week, we're going to get into our picks. And when I'm telling you what to pick, you take that, okay? You take it. I went with Bucks Mania with Tyler, and it screwed me all over. I should have stuck with the Panthers. They covered the spread. I don't care about covering the spread. <laughs> I don't care about it. I do money line. I pick money lines. Some some other highlights of uh, our picks last week. I was the only one to choose the Redskins beating the Dolphins. Everyone assumed that the Dolphins would find the way to get their first win, and Redskins pounded them. Not pounded them. Pounded them. Snuck, they won in the last second. They won like a two point conversion at the end. And then Babs, the only only one to take the Texans, the Jets, and the Steelers are all part of that parlay. And well, then Tyler, his only good. big W of the week was choosing the 49ers over the Rams. <laughs> So putting putting the, all our records together so far since I've been on the show, Tyler's a measly 19 and 30, 11 games under 500. <laughs> oh, Babs oh, and I are tied atop the rankings, Ooh. 27 and 17. Don't call it a comeback. All right, let's just breeze by this real quick. Chiefs Broncos tomorrow night. Mahomes kind of hurt. Chiefs dropped two in a row. Broncos win last week. Broncos won. They did. They, and won. they won two in a row. 
AFC West matchup in Denver. Uh, who you guys got? You don't want me to make your pick first? You always make the pick first. You always go first. Who do you have? I'm on I'll a bad streak. I'm going to switch it up. I'll go my pick. You guys know who I'm backing. I've backed them the last two weeks and been right both times. The Denver Broncos are beating the Kansas City Chiefs to win their third straight game and drop the Chiefs to their third straight loss. I, I'm rooting for that as a Patriots fan, but I'm being a realist here. The Chiefs have won like seven straight in Denver. Um, and the Chiefs are hungry for a major W on primetime. NFL on Fox, your boy will be in New York City tomorrow for that. Kansas City minus three to the moon. You take Kansas City this game. Kev, you want to give your picks? We'll uh, keep your record. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Do you want to pick them? Like, we can give you a record. We have Brandon for that. Um, sure. Sure. So uh, I don't know the schedule this week. So actually, I'll oh, no. read the games. We're good. Uh, I, I got Chiefs over Broncos. Raiders, Packers, Babs uh, versus other Babs. All right. Two teams. Raiders, Packers. You're going to take the Raiders this one because they're coming off the bye week. Don't make that face. They're coming off the what bye the? week. The Packers should have lost that Monday night game. Everybody and their mothers know the Detroit Lions got screwed out of that game. So the NFL is going to make it right. They're going to give the Packers a loss. The Packers are going to get no calls this game. Oakland's going to go in there. And Oakland, it, it, this is a big game two ways. Because if Kansas City loses, Oakland wins. Oakland is number one in that division. And if Kansas City wins, Oakland must win because they have to stay a game behind Kansas City or whatever it is. So I'm telling you right now, Oakland goes in there for another upset and keeps saying to everybody, hey, we're a playoff contender. You're, you're a broken record on the show. You're taking the Raiders every week. And I, but you I'll also say never same, bet against Aaron Rodgers. There's no way in hell the Raiders saying? are winning this game against the Packers. <laughs> Packers by four. All right, that was like Stephen Hawking of blending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. Babs, you say never bet against Aaron Rodgers, but... Uh, in prime time. One o'clock game in Green Bay's prime time. Not really. It's no, it's not at all. I don't know. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, simply because he's Aaron Rodgers. Nothing about it other than that. Uh, Rams, Falcons in Atlanta. Both teams stink. I'm taking Rams because the Falcons will just, they just never win for betters, ever. I'm going to take the Falcons in this game. The Falcons put up a lot of points against Arizona. They're due for a home win. The Rams aren't the team that you thought they were. Um, I think that the Falcons are overdue for a big win at home. Rams are minus three. Take the Falcons money line in this game. Part of the Babs parlay this week. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's going to be on the Rams. Julio Jones going to torch him. Uh, I, I like Atlanta. And just to show that the Rams are, are going to miss the playoffs this year. This is going to be a bad loss for them. Imagine if Jalen Ramsey does just get absolutely cooked by yeah, Julio Jones. With Babs on this first one, I time. Think- I'd love to see that. Let's just say Brent is is is... going back home, but I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to. Your your Wi Fi stinks out loud, man. I thought thought we kicked TRD off this uh, podcast. I'm sorry. We'll live. (laughs) All right, so I don't even know what his pick was, but so either way, he can switch it no matter what. Like, whatever. He controls the scoreboard. I won't. No, he's taking the Falcons. He's taking the Falcons. Alright, 49ers, Redskins 49ers are going to kill the Redskins I don't think we have to talk about this Unless you want to 100% And I think they cover the spread 9.5 You take that If it was 17, I wouldn't touch it 9.5 is a good spread for the 49ers 
Texans Colts, another I, I, game that always. Oh, you want to talk about it? <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. If you can hear me, <laughs> it's clear now. Texas Colts AFC South matchup. You always. I feel as if they play four times a year, but it's really twice because like you have to. But I feel as if the most like classic like game of all time is Texans Colts. They play each other two times a year every year. Sometimes playoffs. Who knows? Uh, I'm gonna go Texans simply because of Deshaun Watson. I think he's the best player on either side of the ball. <laughs> This is a very, very good game for the vision game right here. Colts are coming off a bye themselves, and the Texans have been hot the last two games, but I think it cools off. I think Indy will take this game just based on coaching. Uh, Bill O'Brien's going to be outcoached this game, and I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts. Bill O'Brien, uh, first coach at Penn State after Paterno. People forget that. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take uh, the Texans here. I think Deshaun Watson is a up-and-coming MVP candidate. I think this is the game that he seals the deal on being in contention for that MVP race. Uh, what did I just say? Oh, yeah, I said I got Texans. Vikings, Lions, NFC North matchup. Lions are like a good team. They play every single team close and they get screwed at the end or they mm-hmm. just, just miss it at the end. I mean, that's just what you get for being a Detroit Lions fan. But I think they're a legitimately good team. They have to fight the rest of the way to get into the wild card or even fight for the NFC North. Um, I think the Packers are going to win that, but I'm going to pick Lions over the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Lions. It stinks out loud, too, so I'm never going to bet with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> It didn't stink last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Detroit in this game, obviously, just because of the Monday night thing. They got screwed out. They're two, two, and one. All right. The Detroit Lions should should be undefeated. They should have beat Arizona the first game. They should have beat Kansas City, and they should have won that Monday night game last week. And they've gotten screwed out. So this game, I expect them to blow the Vikings out. And that whole um, division's gonna get very, very interesting going down the stretch. Take the Detroit Lions this week. Yeah, I got the Lions on this one. Coming off a really tough loss off the back of a few really awful penalties that the NFL said were mistakes. I think the Lions come out with, with something to prove in this game and end up taking the W. I have a legitimate question. <clears throat> Do you, like, think referees, no matter what sport, should hold a press conference after a game? Like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, they're not Why meant not? They're not yeah, that, but yeah. they're they're not meant for blowing games like this regularly. This is like the fifth time, and not even counting college football, which is blown regularly. I, I agree with you, Tyler. Um, I think there should be a press conference for referees after the game. I've never heard that in my life, and it makes <laughs> the most perfect sense. Yeah, why why wouldn't it? It's like an interview on a coach after the game. It's like, hey, what are you thinking right here? Uh, Imagine I'll, a press conference after the uh, Saints. And they can have the, they, they they can choose not to answer, just like NBA players, you know. Yeah. But that's when you know when they choose I, not to answer. I agree with you, Kev, on that one. I think at the same time, NFL refs are not hired like 365. Like they're not under salary. They're just there for the season they leave. They're just like literally picked apart. If they were under the NFL regime and like they got paid like salary for the entire year, meaning in the offseason, they're training on ruling and all this and that, and they're stuck in the NFL. I agree with you. And it would make an interesting concept because there are certain refs out there, the head referees that should be able to take like three or four questions after a game. And if they were to do that and say, hey, we made an honest, honest mistake on the field, but that's just part of the game. It's human error. I think they would actually get uh, less people on their case if they were something like that. So, Well, I don't think that should be uh, you know, based on their salary or how much they make, that they shouldn't be held accountable for their fuck-ups. Yeah, I'm just saying. Right, that wait, this is, this is a good example. You put people on blast if they mess up here. A very, very, very small company. Like the grand scheme of things compared to the NFL, the NFL multi-billion dollar company. If someone is ruining the product like week after week, you're not going to 
like do anything. It's not going to harm them. You're simply asking them like, why haven't you guys fixed this? What is wrong with the system? Was like, how because, do you keep messing this up? Because you guys are replaceable, but the NFL refs are not. Because a couple years ago they replaced the refs, and that was god awful. And they realized and most of those refs are probably in the league now. That was like five years ago. There were the training refs, and the training refs are probably slowly working their way into. Do the you North. not remember that Seattle was a Seattle Green Bay game where the guy was going like this, and the other one was going like that? <laughs> I remember that when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. Like, it's easier the- young. I'm sure I'm sure by now, dude, a good majority yeah, I'm only twenty. A good majority of those people are in the NFL refing that were replacement refs when the lockout happened. I don't know. I think that refs, no matter the sport, it doesn't even have to be NFL. It could be literally anything. Croquet, I don't care. You should be able to be held accountable just as much as the players, just as much as the coaches, and you should have the same responsibilities after the games if you mess up. Instead of taking a fine or saying we reviewed it in a meeting. The the NFL is going to have a Tim Donahue. Is that his name? Tim Donahue, whatever his name was. They're going to have a scandal similar to that uh, with the NBA. It's going to happen within the next three years. Because I feel like some of these games has been point shaving and shit like that. And they can definitely control the outcome. They're betting uh, the under. They're betting the over. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like David Stern was in the NBA. I feel as if that happened all the time. Because David Stern, he was the only, like commissioner like owner in sports that came out and saying oh i'm a heavy like new york knicks fan like i'm a heavy one team in the entire league that i run i root for this team yeah like definitely corruption but i'm all here the for corruption I just Tim was exposed was because of how much he was involved with the new york mafia yeah. he was the cousin of uh one of the bosses of the family and that's how he got exposed, and that's the only reason he got exposed. So all these innocent guys are living home with their wives, and they're betting on the games. They're fixing games. It's harder to expose them. Point. I totally lost. I was going for the next game, and my <laughs> safari went down. Uh, Jags, Bengals, in Cincinnati. Garden Minshew drops, what, two in a row, I believe? Yeah. This is, this there is, is about no physical way you can ever lose the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are a terrible team. And and now, just based on last week that the Redskins beat the Dolphins, we are going to get that matchup, the winless Bengals, the winless Miami Dolphins. That's going to happen uh, week 16 this year. It's going to happen now that that, that that game happens. So, Jaguars, minus three and a half, take it. Babs Parlay. That's it. Yeah, I'll take the Jags as well because I would. I cannot wait for that that um that Cincinnati Miami game. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I want to go down there for that game. <laughs> I I just want to go there and watch it. It's like seventeen bucks to get in. Go down yeah. for Miami for the weekend for a little trip and make a couple signs or something like that. Tank for Tua. <laughs> Tank for Tua. Yeah. Cardinals go to New York to face the Giants. Kyler Murray's looking. I'd say a decent rookie year. Doesn't have like exactly the best weapons around him. Actually, no. He has Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I take that back. He's good weapons. He's just not looking great. He's a rookie. He's also two foot seven. They had a great game last week against uh, Atlanta. I think Giants win it. Saquon is coming back allegedly. He's uh his whole whatever you want to call it ankle that he broke is coming back together. Uh, I look at this game as if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, it's good that Kyler Murray is finally finding his strive or his groove or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, there's no way they're winning that division. There's no way they're going to be a playoff team in the NFC. They should just wrap it up this season and tank and get another good top pick this year. Um, and the Giants, they're 2-4. and four. The division leader right now is 3-3. Three and three. So with everything happening, and there's a big game we'll talk about later, Eagles-Cowboys, you know, one of those teams could end up being tied with the Giants out of nowhere. 
So the Giants are still fighting for the division right now, two and four, which is crazy. So I'm taking Daniel Jones and the Giants, and Saquon, like I said, Saquon's back. I am going to to have the wild card pick here with the Arizona Cardinals. I think um, what you saw out of Kyler Murray the last few weeks has been a like drastic improvement, and some of the some of the things you're seeing out of this guy, the movement in, like outside the pocket, the accurate throws, the weapons that he's finally learning how to utilize down in Arizona. I think that this is going to be a very underrated matchup of some of the top QB picks in this latest draft, and you're going to see it on full display. It's going to be a really fun game to watch, but I think the Cardinals squeak one out here um, and win by a field goal. All right, so I'm assuming nobody thinks the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills. We can breeze over that. I, I will just say in that game, I think Miami will cover the spread. It's minus 17 <laughs> the Bills. If you're a betting person, take Miami plus 17. That's it, but no one's picking, no one's picking Miami that game. Chargers, Titans. Both teams, we don't know if they're good, if they're bad. Leaning towards bad for each of them. Chargers got smacked by the Steelers, who were terrible. But I'm going to go yeah. with Titans. I'm never going to bet against... quarterback! I'm Third never going to bet against Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is an animal. I, I, I got to go with the Chargers here. Losing that game at home to the to the lowly Steelers, that was that was something to be reckoned with. And I, didn't, I know it, it won the parlay, which was exciting, but I don't think the Chargers will drop another game like that, especially going on the road. Um, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be in, in Tennessee for the foreseeable future. I think they're starting Ryan Tannehill this week, um, but I think the Chargers go into Nashville and, and get the W. As I said before, the Chargers are a mediocre 8-8 eight and eight team. That's all they've been under Phillip Rivers. And every 10 years, the Chargers have that one season. They're really good. And that was last year. They had their chance. They came to New England. They talked all their shit, had a good win against Baltimore, and they got smacked around. Any team that gets smacked around the following season, they suck. R.I.P. God, I like you. I actually posted about bowl god and he got so mad in my dms you're such an asshole this and that he's rattled <laughs> dude he's rattled the pats went one and two last year i wasn't rattled i wasn't phased they went 11 five i wasn't phased because i'm uh, you know we're used to it all right he can't handle the adversity right now i am taking the tennessee titans in this game just to say la chargers you're done it's over they don't have real fans and the la rams have no fans and it was the biggest mistake in the nfl to put two football teams in la it's a bad market for it that was crazy the the amount of pittsburgh fans and the tennessee or not tennessee the terrible towels that were in the stands like i like mad respect to the the pittsburgh fans that were out in in la to fill that soccer stadium it looked like it was heinz la is a transplant city that's what mm-hmm. it is. So you're going to have people that were born from all in the East Coast, all around, and they all go to L.A., and they're going to root for their team and stay with it. That's what, they, that's what they are in L.A. And there's a lot of transplants. A lot of, a lot of fake moves <laughs> over there. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Tyler. <laughs> 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 I, I, read, I read something in a book once. Uh, Ravens, Seahawks. This is a good game. That's the last a great four game. Games talking yeah. about pretty good games. Uh, I'm going to go Seahawks. There's this, no this, reason behind it. <laughs> this this is actually where the next couple games you're about to say get really good uh, for a football Sunday. Wow. Uh, Ravens, Seahawks. I think the Ravens had a good pickup with Marcus Peters. <laughs> you laughing. I think they had. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I'm looking. Uh, Ravens had a good pickup with uh, Marcus Peters. And this is a statement game. If Baltimore can go into Seattle and win that game, Seattle's still fighting with the Niners in that division. This is literally a toss-up game. I... I can't even pick. That's how frustrated I am. I'm going to say Baltimore goes in there and shocks them. I- I'm going to say Baltimore goes in there and gets the win over the Seahawks. 
I think Seattle's a definite contender this year. I think uh, between them and the 49ers, I think one of these two teams in this division is going to come out on or one of them has to come out on top, but they're going to make some noise this, this uh, postseason. When playoffs roll around, these two teams will be fighting to, to go deep and play into February. Um, I think this would it would definitely be a statement if the Ravens could go into Seattle and shock the world. I don't think it's going to happen. These two teams are very similar in the way they play great defenses, rolling quarterbacks, and I think Seattle, just because they have the home field advantage in the 12th man, I think the Seahawks come out on top. And shout out to Russell Wilson this season. He's been mm-hmm. playing phenomenal, like always. He is probably one of the greatest mobile quarterbacks. Someone yeah. that can use his legs, but also use his arm and be very, very smart. And I don't think he gets enough respect for that. And as a rolling quarterback, did you have you did you know that this guy, Russell Wilson, has never missed a start in his career? That's that, crazy. That, that's like a Tom yeah. Brady stat. Like he's never missed a, a start in his career. And he's been to two Super Bowls mm-hmm. and he's won one. So it's it they're they're due to go back. I yeah. think they're due. He's due for one, just like Breeze is due for one more. There there's a couple couple quarterbacks that are due. Yo, so it's future Steelers wife. <laughs> People forget that. <laughs> People never talk about that. Saints at Bears. Uh is Trubisky back yet? I don't think this, so. This is the year of the backup quarterback, dude. It might like be. all the starters got hurt. Uh Saints are just good. Taking that over the Bears. <laughs> so I actually had them in my original parlay, the Saints. But then the last second I chickened out and didn't take them. I'm going Bears in this game because mm-hmm. the Saints have won, what, four straight now or whatever. Four straight with Teddy. They're, they're, they're overdue to just drop one game, and it's probably to be this game. Um, I, I just – I just they're overdue. They're just overdue. And if the Saints win this game, holy shit, they're literally still going yeah. to the I still go to the Super Bowl. I still think they're most well-rounded team. Bears are coming off a bye, well-rested defense. Got a lot of film on Teddy Bridgewater. I just see them swallowing up Kamara, and I see them taking – squeaking out a victory. It's not like they're going to win big, but mm-hmm. I think they'll go on top. Babs, I completely agree with you on that one. They're coming off a bye week. The Saints have won four straight with Teddy Bridgewater, which just you wouldn't have thinking back to when Teddy injured his leg. You, this is something you never would have thought could happen, especially in New Orleans with uh, with Breeze going down as well. I think you look back at the team like the the seventeen Patriots when they um, started the season without Tom Brady and found a way to go three and one. I think this is that game that the the New Orleans Saints do finally drop with Teddy Bridgewater under center and that the Bears' defense, well-rested, like you said, comes out on top, especially since they've had a week of film to look at Teddy Bridgewater and what he's been able to do for the last four weeks. NFC East matchup. We got two left before we hop into some NBA talk. We got Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys are just a bad team. They stink out loud. They are just... You lose (laughs) to the Jets. The Jets... Eagles, pretty nice. They got killed by uh, Minnesota last week. This whole division, every single year, it's such mediocrity. But yeah. it's all right. <laughs> like the winner's nine and seven, ten and six. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I pick, they, I pick Eagles. And they say the AFC East is bad. It's the NFC East. All the teams struggle and they're inconsistent. I'm taking the Cowboys in this game. They're gonna finally get another win. They're gonna have to get that win after dropping three straight. It's gonna be an awesome Sunday night game, no matter which way you look at it. I'm indifferent on who wins. I just think the Cowboys will get that one up on the Eagles. I think the Eagles having back-to-back road games hurts them as well. Uh, it will be a classic game, though. I think Dak Prescott and Zeke will have a – I think they win by 10. I'll, I'll give them 10. I think they'll be in control of this game. I think the Eagles go on the road again and, and find a way to win this game. I think they go into Jerry's world. They're underdogs. They're uh, in, in Dallas or in, in Arlington, I think. 
Um, this is definitely going to be a great Sunday night football game, as most of these afternoon games have been that we've talked about so far. I think the Eagles do find a way to come out on top, especially after getting blown out last week. And then Monday night football, Pats, Jets. I think the Pats win by a lot, but uh, Jets finally get a win. Sam Darnold's back. Spirits are high until they realize they have to face the best team in the NFL. After coming off a win against the Cowboys, they get blown out at home. Something to look at right now, and obviously weather changes because it happened last Thursday night where everyone thought it was supposed to downpour and nothing ended up happening. But right now, there's supposed to be a lot of rain Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all up in New York City. So um, at MetLife, except, uh, where they're going to be playing, so the weather will be a factor. I don't think the Pats just blow them out. And I feel that the Pats will have control the entire game, just like they usually do every game. It will be a close halftime. They'll start pulling away in the third, and then in the fourth quarter, they'll end the game. But uh, it's not even exciting, like not even exciting game to go down to. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I hope the Jets play the Pats hard. I mean, every time you play the Pats, you're, it's your Super Bowl. You're trying to play them hard. And I'm rooting for Sam Darnold to keep showing that, hey, we're a good team. I think after this game and the Jets take this loss, they go on a five-game to six-game win streak after this. And they start actually tearing it up. You're, why are you making that face? Just doubt me. They keep win one me. game. Just keep fucking doing that. They That's win one game. Oh, they're going to win five in a row. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got – yeah, I got – how could you bet against the Patriots the way they've they've been playing? Um, finishing the game on Thursday few, feels like ages ago now after the slate of games this weekend. But long rest, long time off. Patriots thrive off of that. Patriots go into New Jersey and win. I just want to say we have now are about to witness two Sundays in a row without the New England Patriots. And this league sucks this year. There's really no good competition out there. There's a few good teams out there, as we talked about. The Seattle's starting to be a really good team, New Orleans. But when you look at the AFC, now that Kansas City's on their way down, number two seed, which technically they're not a number two seed because they play in the same division, is Buffalo Bills. Can you believe that? The Bills have the Bills have the second best record right now in the AFC. That's how bad it is right now. 2019 is wild. Yeah. All and right. They still win the Super Bowl. Let's. Finally, uh, talk NBA. The reason I joined the show in the beginning, the reason we had Kelly Kev on today. Kev, let's start with you. Hey, a lot, lot. lot of turnover this year. Ultimately, uh, what are you looking for for the Celtics season this year? Open floor, talk about whatever we want to talk about. It's a safe space. Now, specifically <laughs> for the Celtics this season, what I'm personally looking forward to is all these younger kids getting minutes. You know, we cut off the long minutes of Kyrie, give it to Kemba. But these new guys, like one breakaway right there, Javante Green. Javante Green, I have, I bet, I'm betting all my chips in him. All my chips are going towards him because Javante Green in his NBA debut, all right, went seven for seven, 100% from the field, had 14 points. Okay, uh, he's acrobatic. He's a crazy athletic guard. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to him watching him this season. One funny thing about his uh, this Javante Green guy is that not only was that his NBA debut, the game where me and Spike King dressed up as tacos for Taco Fall, had a great game. But not only was that his NBA debut, but it was for his first time ever in an NBA game. He never even went to an NBA game. Not growing up, he played overseas, went overseas at 19, undrafted, comes back. Celtics picks him up at 26 years old. Celtics picks him up. He has a perfect game at his first NBA game ever, and I just think that's such a touching story. 
And um, he played well yesterday, yesterday against the Cavs. Not to talk about Carson Edwards, 30 points, but what was it? 26 points in the third quarter alone, eight three-point shooters. Larry Bird never done that. Ray Allen never done that. This guy has the potential to be in the best three-point shooter of all time. So I, I'm betting all my chips in those two right there. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel that I'm a casual when it comes to basketball and Celtics. Obviously, I'm going to say some stupid things coming up, and you'll disagree with me. <laughs> but I feel like Brad Stevens lives and dies by a three. And I feel like he did that in Butler, and this is the perfect guy is Carson Edwards for someone like – uh, have Brad Stevens like have him on the team because of the three point shooting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we lived and died by threes in the I'm past. Not saying Maybe, we, I'm not oh, saying we do, Brad but Brad Stevens, Stevens Brad Stevens himself is like a historically. Guy like, I mean, yeah. even then, right now, it's such a three and drives offensive yeah. league. Like Tatum literally got yelled at for shooting mid ranges all year, and he got cyber bullied into taking him out. Of his, like, <laughs> like he's not shooting mar- like mid ranges anymore. People, people are already comparing Carson Edwards to Steph- Stephen Curry. You know, I'm so Steph's excited Steph's to watch that dude. guy. He broke I, like, all his best records in the uh, tournament. It was like yeah. most threes attempted, most threes made, most threes in a game, best shooting percentages. I was like, oh, all right, Carson Edwards. I, yeah, Steph I think Curry, we, t- we talked Harris. about this a few shows ago about how Carson Edwards is like, he's wearing number four. He's got a chance. Like, I'm still sad from from watching Isaiah Thomas go. I knew it was the right business decision at the time. But this guy is going to make us forget some of the ghosts of past and um, the sadness that the Isaiah Kyrie trade brought with us. But um, this Carson Edwards kid, if you watched that Purdue Virginia game, it was one of the most fun games in recent NCAA basketball memory to watch. Besides some of the Final Four games in, in, of years past, but that game was unreal. The way, what what he drop on him forty something, fifty something, thousand points. Huh? It it was he he was a human bucket, and the same thing showed in the third quarter of that preseason game. Granted, it was a preseason game, but at this rate, he's going to be the best best third quarter player of all time. <laughs> Better than Clay Thompson's, uh, you know, thirty-seven points. Yep. Um, let's Clay talk- Thompson is the best player ever to just watch get hot. He'll dribble the ball twice yeah. all game. You have seventy-four points. It's like you had the ball in your hands for a total of like fourteen seconds, and you have all the points. Shooting probably ninety-four percent from the field. But yeah, uh, uh, Brown, he gets. Oh, what are you going to bring up? My so bad. I was just going to bring up one, staying on uh, the Carson Edwards topic. So you know, yet last night's matchup, it was Carson Edwards. And it was uh, Colin Sexton, all right? I believe that's going to be the future of the duo matchup right there. That matchup, is go- we're going to look forward to it all season because, uh, like you said, his for Purdue, Carson Edwards' performance that day where he had 40, 50 points. It's similar to Colin Sexton when his team got in a bunch of fights and they all got kicked out of the game, and it was three on five. Do you recall that? Yeah, Arkansas. Three on five game, and he brought them back being (laughs) 22 points down. He brought them back to three-point deficit by himself, you know? So these are two guys, and yesterday, Carson Edwards came out on top on that matchup, but these are two guys that are going to be going at each other because Colin Sexton is one of the best perimeter defenders there is. You know, he, he, um, he's a great defender. That's his best part of his game, you know? Um, so, and right here, I just want to bring up one more thing. This video I posted on NBA Newsballer. You might not see it right here, but it's Carson Edwards practicing threes in the gym. That was on October 5th. He was practicing threes all freaking day. So, it just goes to show repetition. This kid is worth ethic in the gym. His, uh, it's just on another level. 
So there it is. October 5th, I call this kid just practicing in the gym, shooting his threes. He has one of those jump shots, similar to a Clay Thompson jump shot. It's a high release. He's not like Colin Sexton. He takes a while Wide to jump base and stuff. For a I six just... foot guard, he, he jumps up and he not only does he practice threes, you could practice threes all day, but he's practicing moving threes, pull up threes, uncomfortable threes, threes that make you feel uncomfortable shooting. He's comfortable shooting. And he has the he, best nickname of all time Beef Bullet. <laughs> going on. I'm just like, why? Uh, Arson Carson. I've never heard that. Everyone I saw like on Celtics Twitter yesterday was saying beef bullet. I'm like, that's yeah. a strong. Or like saying his like thighs and stuff. Quadfather. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He asked for a four-year, $80 million contract. Uh, no, he didn't ask for it. Celtics offered it to him. He said, no, he expects bigger. I love Jalen Brown. I thought that was a good contract. I think he's realistically, if he signs, I think it'll be for Kev? 100 for maybe 110 I but, think he actually deserves that contract. Unlike yeah, some I love Jalen Brown. Kev, Kev I, said, Kev said that he deserves the max. I saw that. You said that Jalen <laughs> Brown deserves the max contract. You wrote that somewhere. The thing with Jalen Brown, dude, is he's the only one of that Celtics roster come playoff time you know is going to show up. He's the yeah. like, first it's person it. in uh, Celtics history or something like that. They have 30 points back-to-back-to-back games in like, the Eastern Conference Finals. What are the holes in his game? Like every time I'm watching Ball this guy play, he can he can do mostly anything you ask of a player. He's dunking on guys. He's, he's dunking on Giannis. Dunking on Giannis Twice. multiple times. And he just can't can dribble the ball. He gets, he gets too when he's on a fast break, he tries to do too okay. much. In and out, in and out, and he'll punt it out of bounds in the fourth row. <laughs> Unless Taco Fall just reaches out. <laughs> Clean it up. I know. I love Jalen. I think I hope he comes back to the Celtics. If not, I know you probably should trade him so you don't lose him for nothing. I don't want to see him go. Uh, I got his jersey when he was literally a rookie. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like Jalen Brown. Hope he stays. I think he just got overshadowed by Tatum and Tatum's run. Yeah. And, and then I, people... I debate taking Brown over Tatum in some stances, though. No, no, I agree. I just feel like as a fan, as a fan watching it, like, and I also feel like Jalen Brown has, like, no real personality whatsoever, too, that makes you, like, have a character or something like He's that. He's the smartest human being just... walking his so That's fine. That's, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like it's like Tim Duncan, just like Tim Duncan was amazing, but he's just like vanilla. That's yeah, who he yeah. is. He's just wow. If Jalen Brown were to leave, I'm telling you right now, Ride the Wave Media would be the first ones to break that story because I have a source that's with Jalen Brown, okay? <laughs> and uh, some people around me, like maybe the Spy King knows about this source. He's met him before. And uh, there is probably three people as close to Jalen Brown. I'd say about five, just so I don't throw this guy under the bus as far as this guy. So, no, nah, uh, nah, bro. Don't go out there. That's a bad look for us, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't want you. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not believing in it, dude. I don't, I don't want to do it, bro. I don't want my name on it. Uh, I don't, I don't have my name on it. Uh, we're going to get rid of you. The 12-year-olds are going to attack us. <laughs> he could go anywhere. I still love him because Jalen Brown. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you go off. Jason Tatum, on the other hand, he he didn't really have a sophomore slump last year in terms of stats and numbers. But just if you watch every single game, like a lot of Celtics fans do. There are a lot of loyal fans. You could tell obviously wasn't playing as well as his uh, rookie season. Kind of forcing too many shots. His classic dribble the clock until there's seven seconds left. Back away, fade away, jump shot that break off the front rim, or all this stuff that he just shied away from. Maybe because he was working out with Kobe Bryant. People, <laughs> you can't prove me wrong, but you can't prove me right either. I, I expect him to have a more of a, a 
what is that called? Like a jump in his role. The more, junior jump. A bigger role. Yeah. Bigger role, especially because Kyrie's gone. Like mm-hmm. I could with all the media clips and stuff coming out, you could just tell everybody hated Kyrie Irving. You see what Al Horford <laughs> said about the Kemba stuff? He was like, Oh, I was talking to the uh Sixers before this offseason officially started July first. Like, yeah, we kind of had that wrapped up. I didn't hear anything from Kyrie. I guess Ainge didn't tell him anything about Kyrie. And then Kyrie leaves. He already verbally committed to the Sixers. He went there. And then the Celtics brought in Kemba. So they're like, oh, would you have stayed if Kemba? He's like, oh, yeah, that would have been an entirely different story. I just had no idea about it. I'm like, so it's either A, he's lying, or B, why didn't anyone tell him that we had yeah. the plans to get uh, Kemba Walker? I don't know. I, I can't even think of what I'm going to think about Horford. Like, I want to like yeah. him. I want to like him so bad, but he dipped to uh, the Sixers out of everyone. Literally any other team could have been okay with it. Would have had an excuse, but to the Sixers? The but you're supposed, you're supposed to like him because he's done so much in Boston. <laughs> we have to make sure we kiss his ass because Dadford and Horford, and he was so good, and he came to the Celtics. Oh, he's on the Sixers. Who cares? That's okay. You're your fucking rivals, dude. You I don't see. I don't, I don't look different. up at TD Garden and see it saying 2016, 2017, 2018 world champions. I don't see a 42 exactly. up next to Paul Pierce's number. Exactly. He's a sellout. This, this, uh, the, the Sixers' biggest mistake this offseason was, you know, uh, letting go of Jimmy Butler, letting him go to Miami. You know, Jimmy, without that team, Philly doesn't win. Philly doesn't even reach the finals without Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in the league today. And for the Sixers to let him go and not offer him the max. Did they have um, the cap room to do that? They, well, they did. Right. They, they kind of had to choose between Harris and Butler. And they chose Harris. Huh. And they got rid of J.J. Redick. Their only shooter. They got rid of Sarge last year. Another great shooter. Coming to another great shooter. They just got all these big name talents, which is a good idea. No shooting. Speaking of JJ Redick, it's great to watch. You know, an older guy like that. You know, uh, being a leader really at in the, in New Orleans to all these younger guys. I see him very involved with these guys. He's cool. I don't know if you ever checked his podcast. He has yeah. a podcast too. With the Ringer. He's the Ringer. Yeah, and um, you know. Uh, it's great to see him be over there in New Orleans, kind of uh, mentor these kids over there. Just a little, uh, you know, tip the hat to JJ Redick, one of the Sweet. best NCAA three-point shooters of all time, if not the best. He still holds the record to this day. Duke, former Duke player, like Zion. But go ahead. <laughs> Speaking of uh, NBA players having podcasts, did you see the one that um, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes are doing? Like no, that's gonna be muscles into. That's it's a D-list all the duo, smoke. right? It's a D-list <laughs> duo, but it's the people who, like, did everything off the court that you weren't supposed to do according to the rules and stuff and got away with it. I'm like, absolutely going to listen to that. But, yeah, uh, Marcus Smart is the longest-tenured Boston Celtic, which seems crazy because I remember where – I actually remember exactly where I was when he was drafted, and that feels like forever ago. But I, Marcus Smart is one of the few people um, – NBA contract years, that's, like, a big – Thing in the NBA, when it's about to be a contract year, you expect that player to step it up, show it, get his money. As soon as he gets paid, take it down here. Marcus Smart gets paid, then has the best season of his entire career. I think he just really loves being in Boston. I, I, I will say again, pink hat guy over here. When he got hurt a couple seasons ago, I thought that they should have traded him because his value was sky high. Then he got hurt, and then the Celtics sucked Like when he was out for a couple games and he came in towards the playoffs, and he literally is that spark. So I take and I usually don't say I'm wrong, but I was wrong on that one. Marcus Smart 
is what you want out of a Boston Celtic. He's someone that has bought in, and he's someone that loves that culture. That's someone that's a fearless leader, and he's obviously a locker room leader as well, too. So I think that was probably one of the best moves to make him. He should deserve to be the longest-tenure Celtic on this team. And I'm glad that they've kept him from that group and said, hey, we're redoing the Celtics, we're rebuilding, and you're staying with us, though. And first-team all-defense last year as a guard. It's pretty cool to do. Um yeah, Marcus Smart, the, the way he leads that team is so, so special. And if, I think if you guys have been watching like, the last four preseason games, I know it's nothing near as exciting as the, the NBA offseason or the regular season, but the way he's been pulling up every time he's touching the ball, uh, he still has that driving mentality. He's still got that, that uh, can-do drive. Any, like Nothing's going to hurt me. No one's going to stop me when I'm going in the paint. But he's been pulling up from behind the arc, and he's been hitting. He, this is a trend that started beginning of last season where he can he's starting to hit his threes with consistency. And like before last season, he would pull up and I'd be like, oh, God, Marcus Smart's taking a three-pointer. Now it's like, oh, thank God, he's the guy to, shooting it. This to be time. honest, I used to think that, but every single last-second play I wanted to go to Marcus Smart because – he was missing because, like, if you look back at his old jump shot, it was so, like, mm-hmm. trying to be too mechanical. But now he's just letting it fly. But yep. in his last couple second shots, he wouldn't think. He would just pull it and he'd make it yeah. very often. So, like, he was a fantastic clutch shooter that doesn't who, get nearly as much credit as he deserves. Who did he hit it against? I think it was against Orlando when he hit the corner three right next to the, the Magic's bench yeah, and yeah, yeah, turned around before it even <laughs> was in. Swaggy P style. I've seen him miss a couple uh, last-second shots, too. Uh, oh, 100%. He's not perfect. <laughs> uh, a couple guys I want to touch on. Kemba Walker, obviously the the biggest name the Celtics got this offseason. I feel as if he has the smallest shoes to fill. Like, he has, like, the yeah. Tyler Jordan's shoe size to fill. Because Kyrie, he was very good. I feel as if Kemba Walker is... Just Kemba Walker and doesn't make as much noise in the media. Everyone's going to consider that a success. Uh, you still have to make it deep in the playoffs because this is Boston. All they do care about is championships. But in terms of talent, a lot of shoes to fill. In terms of what people are kind of expecting Kemba Walker, I feel as if like this guy is not even close to the limit. I, I know. I'm You're talking as if he's not better than Kyrie Irving. This guy is a better Kyrie Irving. He's not Kyrie Irving. I think it's very close. Kyrie Irving. Kemba Walker single-handedly carried the Charlotte Bobcats at the time. The Charlotte Hornets on his shoulders at 20 years old till now. Kemba Walker has dropped over 550 points, 50-point games. He's dropped consecutive 40-point games, 30-point games. This guy is a better Kyrie Irving in my opinion. I think he's going to have better highlight reel than Kyrie did here. He just left. So you think his highlight reel is this crazy thing. He did all this stuff. Kemba Walker will accomplish more than what Kyrie did here because Kemba Walker is a better player. He's faster. He people, you know, he was just discredited because he played for a shitty team. And he was you young. Know? He was but we're, young. But we're he not looking handles. He has better we're, handles. Than we're not looking at Kemba Walker to be the ultimate saver of the Boston Celtics because there's enough pieces. I am. There's enough pieces around there that Kemba could come in and just do his job, and it will be fine. He's not looking to come in and be like Kemba Walker is going to singly handedly change the Boston Celtics. They have that's enough players do. around. I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he's going to be better than I'm. Just I think that's what Tyler's perspective. Well, he's he's entering his prime. What he's 26 years old. Yeah. I think 27. Entering his prime, came off the best season of his career, and he's filled with people who aren't D-League prospects. Like, he's filled with legitimate talent. His best player was what, Nick Batum. He has yeah. a lot to prove. It was, yeah, Nick Batum. He, uh, and when he hugged Nick Batum the other day, Nick Batum wasn't showing him no love. I was there. I watched it. Um, so, uh, 
you know, I lost my train of thought here, but basically what I'm <laughs> trying to say, oh yeah, so Kemba Walker has a lot to prove this season because he just came off of, you know, the Olympic team all the way in China underperforming and everybody's looking at Kemba, you know, and um, uh, so I think he's really upset about that. I think he has a lot to prove. It's going to be fun. You talk about guys that like, I know in baseball, we talk about Mike Trout missing the playoffs every year. This guy in the playoffs is something to be reckoned with. I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but you just think back to the UConn team in 2011 that got <laughs> carried by Kemba Walker to the final four. <laughs> this team wasn't even supposed to make the uh, the postseason. Yeah. Um, and the way he carried that team is special. He's only been in the playoffs twice in his career. And when he gets back there with the Boston Celtics, he's going to be able to hit those clutch shots. He's going to be able to move the ball, get it to the other playmakers, find the bucket when it matters most. And he's, it's going to be a fun time to see Kemba Walker make it past the first round for the first time in his career in the NBA. Someone who absolutely needs to step it up is Gordon Hayward. However, I'm not going to hold as much uh, grief over his head last year as a lot of other people do. His ankle literally exploded. It's going to take such a long year to, A, physically rehab it, B, mentally tell yourself, like, hey, my ankle won't explode again. That was the one in a million chance that happened. Yeah, he stunk. He wasn't good. Like, he was just a bad basketball player, but he showed showed signs of light here and there. He dropped 30 against the Timberwolves both times they played him. Game winner against uh, the Kings. The night before that against the Warriors, he when the Celtics blew up the Warriors at Golden State, he contributed a lot in that game. I think Gordon Hayward, now that Kyrie's gone, now that Al Horford's gone, you look for options. He's like, hey, I need to step it up. It's all now and never. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe he buys in. He says it's now. Yeah, I think this is his season. He's going to step it up drastically from, like, just looking at his numbers from last year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a dramatically different player that you saw from a season ago. Not really a new system, but a new facilitator. That's going to try to get him the ball a lot more often because if you if he gets back to the way he was in Utah, this Celtics team is going to be unreal and it's going to be the greatest show to watch um, at TD Garden for for probably for the last five or six years that, that I can think of. Can we talk about the cow in the room now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Rozier. <laughs> I was about Rozier, to bring him up. Terry Rozier. I go to the TD Garden. We get these backstage passes. I see Terry Rozier. We walk up to him as men, me, Spike King, ask him a couple questions. He's there with his family, his baby mother. He's with his mother, everything. And, uh, you know, we ask some simple questions. Hey, you know, uh, do you miss Boston? Uh, Would you ever come back? No. He said no. He said he wouldn't even consider coming back. So the amount of disrespect right there is just beyond me, you know, especially on his return. His return, his first return to the TD Garden, the the only team he's ever played for, the only team who's ever fed him, paid his bills. Ainge would die for him, dude. Ainge said multiple times he loved Rozier and he does this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we get this video. We post this video. Of that, and I bring back a little rap song I made about a year ago. <laughs> I made a little rap song talking about, uh, you know, um, 
uh, Brad didn't give give you minutes because he knows you suck, stuff like that. <laughs> um, and that that pinched a nerve in him. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these GMB guys. GMB is his. For those who don't know, it's his gang. He's gang affiliated with with GMB. These the bloods from Youngstown. Okay, um, not Charlestown, Youngstown. So uh, these guys start watching my story, start getting these DMs. These guys, they're always with Terry. So I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm figuring out that what I'm doing is bothering him single-handedly. <laughs> I, 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 I triggered a whole gang of blood, drips, and, and Terry Rose's minions that he pays. He pays their phone bill, their food, everything. These guys just follow him around. They mooch him. Uh, they, you know, and uh, so that's what happened. That's what's happening right now is these guys are watching me, my story, and they don't understand. I'm just a comedian. I'm a sports investigative journalist. <laughs> I just got back from Area 51 in the Nevada desert. I'm willing to do some things people aren't. Listen, I'm not here to make friends. If I was here to oh, – Terry, he left. He left us. He plays for the Charlotte Hornets. If we see him in the playoffs, you know what he's going to try to do? He's going to try to rip our fucking heart out. <laughs> Terry Rose there. So it's all a matter of time till everybody from Boston, all the Celtics fans, hop on the killer Cav bandwagon of anti-fuck Terry Rozier. He didn't want us. He didn't want to stay. He doesn't bleed green. Well, then you better bleed blue and have a long summer because, listen, this guy, this guy is our enemy. There's no difference between him and Kyrie. The only difference, he didn't publicly say he was gonna he was gonna resign with us. He went on first take and told the world, "Nah, I can't do it. I'ma have to go. I'ma have to go." So I don't understand where's that coming from. Um, you know, uh, I know you can rant. I know you're ranting, and I know you're I know you're heated in the moment. I have to dive into this as well too, because I got questions for you, and I was obviously involved, and my face was on it as well too. So I'm going to ask you questions, and I've been very, very neutral about everything going on about this. I've been very strict right in the middle. Tyler and Brendan know about that, too. I've been very right in the middle. I play every side of, the, every side of it. All right. Going to put his hat on here. All right. So number one, I just want to reiterate everything you kind of said. The, the, I, I believe Danny H wanted to keep Terry Rozier, and this guy publicly just came out and just trashed bosses. Like, I'm not staying with you guys. See you later. So – all of a sudden, everyone's like, well, Terry did this and Terry did that and he carried our team. And it's like, dude, the guy didn't want to stay with you and he left you. Why should you kiss his ass? But here's the thing. And I'm going to ask you some serious questions here. Number one, do you think it was a pussy move for you to record? Like when we said there was no cameras around and we said, hey, like we're no cameras around. Like we're like, ask me a question. Does that look bad? Like just asking you. No. <laughs> so how you make a name for yourself? You guys so I'm, I'm gonna yeah. So how many times have people come up and they've secretly recorded people and this and that? And I thought it was more of a joke. If people take us that serious, you're a fucking moron. Like you are a complete moron. Yeah, if you take the two guys who walk up to you and talk with us the taco suits, <laughs> we're in taco suits asking FBI, you. FBI, right here. Give us the hot take, man. Like let us know the taco suits. Like it was more of like making fun of us. And in terms of that video, I mean. When we posted it, it got a lot of traction, a lot. Of, it gets people talking. Oh, I'm sorry. We're supposed to side with the player because you love him? No. How many times that I might like, I might like Paul Pierce and you hate Paul Pierce. Like, there's like whatever. Like, who cares? That's what sports are. Their opinions. A great person told me, 
it's not show friends, it's show business. And I know that great person's on this podcast right now. Listen, you're in the business right, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're in the business of just going out there and having fun, being different, this and that. All of a sudden, yo, that's not cool. Like that's not like that's not right. If anyone's affected by this, it's this face right here, and it's the other face right there with the sunglasses on, because our names are attached to it, our faces are attached to it, and me and Kev have great balls of fucking we have the size of grapefruits like Vince McMahon. Balls of steel. We can go out there and take heat. How many times have I've gone out there and done something and like the terrible towel last year and spiked it and wiped it with my ass and people like that's funny. Other people like that's crude and that's wrong. Guess what? You forget about it within a day. That's, that's how our you, attention yeah. spans work. That's you, also what you have to do to make a noise. Everybody has their own thing. Everybody writes for their own website. Everyone makes videos for their own like company or whatever. You're not going to make news if you don't stir up the pot. Like I, I think we should have kept the video up. I like the video a lot. Got a lot of numbers, which any startup media company is all that matters. You want to have good content, which it was. Zero other people on the planet had that audio. We were the only ones. B, it put up like legit numbers. Like it was good yeah. content, put up numbers, no, I... something different. And that separates you from everyone else. It puts you guys on the map. Like, oh, the taco... The guys that you see at the games. Did you see what they said with Terry Rogier? Oh, the also that Killer Cup guy. He was in uh Area 51. Babs. He goes everywhere. You gotta have your name stick. But Tyler, you hurt my feelings. You These hurt my feelings. Players, so much. they follow me. Their friends follow me. And 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 they like my stuff That's sometimes. So disrespectful. And guess what? Like the great Wes Hogan told me, I said, Wes, Wes. When he was leaving our company, still with us, but when he was leaving full time, and I said, Wes, what are some things I have to work on? Be honest. And he goes, Brian, you just got to be patient because you got to let things unfold. This is exactly because look at what Kev's saying. When it's the middle of the when it's the middle of the season, Terry Rozier is here in Boston. He's gonna do something that's gonna get the crowd against him, <laughs> and then he's trying to tear your heart out in the playoffs. Terry Rozier does not care about Boston. If he cared about Boston and he cared about the fans, he would have stayed here. And it's funny, and it's funny for these people that are defending Terry Rozier are the same people that are shitting all over Kyrie Irving. But that's okay and that's cool because Kyrie said he was going to sign, didn't sign. But let's all forget about the time that Terry Rozier went on first take and didn't give two shits about Boston. We can shit all over Kyrie because he's on the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Oh, I'm going to let's put a clown face on Kyrie and that would be funny. But no, no, you can't talk about Terry Rozier because he's gay. Angry late. You gotta watch out for yourself, man. He might come and find you and, and hurt you over some sports take and a sports opinion when we're not even being fucking serious. <laughs> Alright, any final words on Terry Rogier? Because I want to check in on two more players and answer some DMs. Alright, Kev. Yeah, he if... watched my story. He's been watching my story all week. I have the screenshots, the proof right there. I had 40 stories up. I went to Salem at night, the great Salem, Halloween. I put stories of me at the circus, the uh, Topsfield Fair, right here in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, he watched every single one of them, and he was at the top five. The top five, he's sitting there watching it slowly. And then, you know, I'm getting, uh, they find out my name. How do they find out my name? Because about 80 posts down, it's my high school picture with my name on it so he went down and they're all they're all investigative they're in the sweatshop at his house on the computer <laughs> they're looking. Looking at... 
But you just, like you said, you are in the mind of like like 10 people, 11 people, 12 people. You're in their mind for being an internet troll. Then that's what you are. Like it's just being in it, not, not to be in a negative way because it kind of is, but you're just trolling. That's all. No, it has a negative connotation, but yeah. like that's a legit thing. No, like it's comedy. That's how you make a name. I'd say you're an internet troll. You go Spike Phillips. How about Nate Burleson? How about Nate Burleson when I kept posting it over and over and over and over again? And this guy's like, fuck this guy, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> now I would tell him, and guess what? At first he was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing that? And then I would tell him, listen, I'm just joking around. I'm just posting this because it's getting people. I'm like, you have to be the one that accept that you said this and that the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. And then when he finally realized it, the same way Kev's like, dude, I'm just a comedian. Like, I'm just fucking doing a video and who gives a shit about me? And you know what? Why give a shit about Terry Rozier? Is he putting food on your table? Is he putting dollar bills in your pockets? No, unless you're making T-shirts with his name on it and stuff like that. Scary Terry. Yeah, Scary Terry, yeah. All right, I want to touch on two more people real quick. Robert Williams is supposed to have in his role uh, increased. Like, I still have no idea how to phrase that. He's going to have more minutes, more of an impact on the team. I love Robert Williams. He is an athletic freak. He, I, I wanted... Um, no, I didn't want this actually to happen. When everyone on the offseason was talking about getting Clint Capella. We have Robert Williams, obviously not as good as Clint Capella yet. It's his first year in the league. They each do the exact same thing. They can shoot each... better than Clint Capella. Yeah. He has <laughs> they both they they both get paid to play in the NBA to catch an alley oop, to rebound a ball, and to block a shot. And instead of picking up Capella's contract like everybody wanted to do, we have Walmart version of Capella at 21 years old, 22 years old, who can only improve under the same coach, his entire thing, his like the same coaching staff, the same teammates, the same culture, the same basketball culture, I think is a huge part because if you're playing in Memphis every night, I don't think they care about the NBA. If you're playing in Boston, when NBA, uh, the green team, though, I was going to say the green run deeps, but uh, (laughs) the green teamers, they, they just love basketball. They love the city. They love to watch the Celtics and Robert Williams will thrive under that type of environment. I feel I shop at Walmart, so watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, I do, too. I got chicken from Walmart this morning. <laughs> Not dead yet. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch Robert Williams' development, especially from first year, rookie year, last year, playing a little bit in Maine, um, seeing his improvement that he's going to have this year, an increased role, more minutes. He's going to get some more lobs. I think Kemba's the perfect guy to, to, to help him out with that, too. These playmaking three-point shooters, it's what the league's turning into. You see all of it in, in the preseason especially what you were talking about in Boston. This is like a guy that was so far down the bench last year, and everyone in the city already knew his name because of a few dunks and a few blocks um, in, a hand, yeah, in a handful of NBA games. And he got one of the coolest nicknames of any big man ever, the Time Lord. That's stupid nickname. <laughs> I love it. Stupid nickname. And you then the last, last person I want to touch on real quick uh, he's he's honestly one of my favorite Celtics in the like ever, not in the league. Like one of my favorite Celtics of all time. Uh, Semi Ojale, <laughs> gonna be backing up Gordon Hayward, gonna be backing up Tatum Brown. His minutes are gonna increase. He works the hardest out of anybody in that Celtics locker room for the past the three years. Yeah, literally, there was interviews. You could hear thuds in the background. Marcus Morris would be like, "Oh, it's just Semi Ojale. Like he works out after games. Doesn't get a lot of minutes. I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm just gonna keep like getting my work in." Get my shots up, lift all the weights in the gym, be built like a legitimate like WWE action figure. Like he is such a, like a specimen of a human being, and he's getting talented at basketball, and has a more opportunity to like prove that this year. I think Samuel Ojale 
is a very slept on player entering the exact season. opposite of Gershon Yabusele. Yeah, <laughs> the yin to his yang. I think it's going to be fun to watch Semi this year. I think it's really important that the uh, they kept him on the roster. I know there were some trade rumors between Cleveland um, and Boston, especially revolving around Gordon Hayward and Kevin Love that included Semi in there. But it's going to be really important, if, especially if you look at the, the trajectory of what the Eastern Conference is likely going to be this year with Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston likely in the top four spots. You look at Semi Ojale as one of the premier defenders in, in the Eastern Conference, especially that Kawhi's gone now. He's one of these guys that you've watched the last few years, especially when we've played the types of Milwaukee, the guys that have like the, the Joel Embiid's and the Gian, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's. Um, this guy can guard them. He can guard them. Granted, they're not. They're still going to put up numbers because they're superstars, but he is slowing them down, and that's the type of guy you're going to need, especially if you're going to have a long playoff run like Boston intends on having this year. Can we bring up something boring? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Can we talk about how the Cleveland Cavaliers and how Kevin Love is wasting his final years over there? This yes. guy only got like six more years, seven, five maybe under his belt of, uh, you know, uh, uh, an elite guy, an elite player. They're looking to him over there, but there's nothing going to be there. He needs to go somewhere where they could use him. This guy could be part of a championship team. If LeBron somehow could pick him up, well, the, the Marcus Cousin injury messed everything up, and it's terrible. But if Kevin Love ever went to the Lakers, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think he might have a similar, like, twilight of his career similar to Kevin Garnett if he could find a way like you said get to somewhere that he could contend for a championship and then same as KG find his way back to Minnesota and ride off into the sunset he just needs to get fat again fat Kevin Love was <laughs> fat an Love. unbelievable player fat Kevin Love two games over doubles. 30 rebounds like that and then he gets cut down loses some weight gets body in the low post here and there but uh let's wrap this up we only have two questions uh this week <laughs> so our listeners you guys think uh C Rondo 05 can Taco Fall be a legit everyday starter starting center in the years to come I think no because you see what happened to Roy Hibbert Roy Hibbert very similar player to Taco Fall in terms of the obvious size like gameplay uh what you're supposed to do Taco uh, Roy Hibbert unbelievable player in the whole Miami Pacers um feuds back in the day just ran out of the league he couldn't do anything couldn't shoot too slow it was a small ball game Taco Fall terrible- I think he's he's like he's gonna be a Boban I feel Come in the game, you need it. Come in the game, you need it. You're gonna be a spectacle every time. Block shots, alter shots, guard an inbounds pass. I talk with my hands. Yeah. So, like if you're watching this, I'm just going like this. But he's pot Italian, Tyler yeah. pot Italian. Listen, <laughs> hey, can we talk Irish. about the main, the main red claws? That's what gonna be I'm exciting. Gonna do is I'm gonna be driving up there drinking white claws to the red claws game, and I'm gonna and and we're gonna watch Taco Fall dominate up there in a small little stadium. It's gonna feel a little arena. It's gonna be it's very gonna like family oriented. Telling you, it's gonna be such good energy in there for Taco Fall, and he's gonna be playing against bums. He's gonna be dominating in the D League over there, yep. G League now, the Gatorade League. Gatorade so League. Uh, looking forward to going up there. Ride the wave. We'll be covering stuff up there at Taco Fall events. Maybe. So I was just going to say, that's like, and anybody that works with us watches this, that's going to be the greatest opportunity to take time out of your life and go up there and get media passes. And like, by the way, they get media passes because it's like, you know, we, we, a little like, easier. Yeah, it is. No, 100%. Like, we should be up there covering it. And I think Taco in the Taco costumes, he likes it. Like, he knows what we are and he's seen all that. So uh, we're going to have a big showing that first game. But I was going to say this to you, Kevin, Tyler, and Brendan is that 
He's on that contract, the two-way contract, so he can get called up for 45 days in Boston. He's going to get called up at some point. If you're Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge, when are you going to call him up? When is the time to call him up? Same are you going to wait? The end. Yeah, but do you want him kind of in towards the playoffs? Because he's a distraction. He's a complete distraction on the team, too. If they was somehow to make the actual roster – and he's just sitting on the bench every single game. People are just going to be rooting for him and rooting for him and rooting for him. And what I don't think that's, gonna be, that's, that's think why I think he's going to be the most jealous out of, uh, out of the roster. Brad uh, Wanamaker. <laughs> no, an established Celtic, you know, either uh, one of the, the, the past Celtic, you know, with all this love. Because before Jason Tatum was the face and Jason Tatum supports yeah. him. But a couple times I see Taco Fall score and I see everybody yeah, yeah, like this. And Jason Tatum's just like this. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. not the poster boy anymore. Taco Once Taco Fall gets established, he's the poster boy of the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum's time here, it's going to be great too, but he's going to feel second. Yeah. He's going to be the go-to guy. You should save him for the game, second half, yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I, I say like after the All-Star break, bring him but in. Because if you don't want him to be a distraction, you, you don't bring him in the beginning of the year. You no, bring no, him no. in when the team's established, you know who's good, you know who gels together, the lineups work together. You just add Taco Fall to the mix. You're like, all right, these guys clearly work together. We shouldn't have Taco. We're like, we want Taco. Like, all that the entire game because it's not going to work. And the Nationals, we'll touch on them to the end of the show. Um, imagine our pl- – imagine our um, – our opponent's scouting report and the playoffs going against yeah. a guy like Taco Fall. <laughs> Just you know, fall. I want to see LeBron and Taco. I can't wait to see like LeBron drive in with Taco Fall and like think twice about it and pass it out. That would be like the best thing. But there's um, no. There's no way that Taco Fall could be a starting center just based on his body. Oh, like he's God. just he's like a toothpick still. He's still like he's got to put yeah, some more yeah. mass on. Yeah, yeah there's no if, way. If, if you give the guy 11 minutes, man, that'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah, they situational, and I think someone like Brad Stevens, like he played with it in the preseason and then the summer league, could put Taco in in certain situations, like the inbound passing, or hey, there's like a minute left, we need someone to rebound, we need someone to be down there. You know, uh, a situational basketball player, and I hope that over time they develop him and he's going to love the city he already loves the fans and everything like that that he eventually will make the roster say next year and the fans will start realizing all right he's not a starter but he's good for certain situations get your 10 minutes a night I think it'll be fun I think it's going to be one of those situations similar to what I just said about Robert Williams going up and down it's not not a one-time situation as soon as he's on the Celtics he's there for a month and then he's back to the G League for the rest of the season he's going to be coming up he's going to be going down um, to the, from, from Maine, he's going to get a few NBA games. That's, I'd say probably give him 10, 12 games where he's actually getting some minutes towards the end of the game. Um, very, very similar to what Robert Williams did last year. I think you, you'll see that he'll fill that role probably very, very similar to, to exactly what he did last year. So look at, t- look at Taco as basically the new Robert Williams, just with another foot on him. Um, and is, and Robert Williams will have even more minutes this year, but Taco Fall will be that guy who's coming up and down with the G League. You'll you'll see like a notification every now and then, like oh Taco's been promoted to the Boston Celtics. Oh Taco's been sent back down to to the main Red Claws. And uh, shout out to Lance Stevenson scoring thirty <laughs> points in his China debut. <laughs> he is gonna kill it out there. I love Lance Stevenson. He's one of my favorite like just random people yeah. of all time. Him, J.R. Smith, and like Kenyon Martin. He is funny. So- Oh, speaking of J.R. Smith, I posted something a while ago. I reported on something. I believe I was the first one to post where it uh, J.R. Smith is doing this thing in the last couple of weeks where last couple of days, actually, where he's expressing his 
desire to return to the NBA through comment sections. You know how his name comes up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people will ask him, uh, when are you coming back to the league? Waiting on that phone call. And he'll put the cell phone emoji. And, uh, you know, if the NBA, like Bleach Reporter, House of Highlights posted um, a funny thing, like when uh, Markeith Morris threw the ball on the guy's head when the guy <laughs> was playing defense on him. And J.R. Smith goes and comments on that, like, oh, they doing this, but nobody will even call me to play. But this is the NBA now. So he's very frustrated um, with his, you know, current status as far as his, you know, his professional career goes and his profession. Nobody wants to pick him up. He's a free agent. He's getting older by the day. But um, I think he still has a little gas left on him. Um, he was never that leader. That's why I think teams are, are, are scared to dip their toes in the J.R. Smith situation because he's not going to come in and be like this leader. He has a past um, uh, reputation about him, which is not so good. You know, the Henny drinker, the Henny sipper. Yeah, the soup thrower. Like so, you know, um, but it's almost like he's team- been blackballed. It's like he's blackballed. No NBA team wants to pick him up, and they just don't want that distraction on their team. That's it. Want to hear something sad? This is the first season in like 15 years. Gerald Green is not on an opening day roster. Really? He's not with the Rockets <laughs> yeah. anymore. No, he's a free agent. He's not signed by anybody. Wow. It's not like he used to play for us. Yeah, we drafted yeah, him, right? Pretty sure yeah. we got. Think so. We draft all the Greens. Huh. Jeff, Jeff Green, Green. Yeah. To Gerald Green to Javante Green. They're all great. <laughs> Last question before we wrap up. This Green is from Nap underscore sack. Who is more Boston, Fitzy or Killer Kev? Oh. <laughs> um, it's never, not fair. It's not fair. I'm never going to bet the mayor of Charlestown. Oh, well, I was going to say this. It's not fair because Fitzy's got the age on him and he's got the experience and everything like that. But I think Kev is just true, true Bostonian, like, Kev is Kev is the real deal, I think. Fitz, he's more of a character, and what you see out of Kev is like literally that. Yeah, he doesn't even use his real name. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even use his real name. I don't know. Uh, anything else before <laughs> this? Up? That was I gotta say. That was the other question. Oh, that was it. We only had two questions. <laughs> Shout out to Babs. Baseball topic finally. How in the world did you call the Nationals making the World Series? He's oh, the only so one. Things so luckily. If you <laughs> go back and look at the post about our predictions for the MLB postseason thus far, we we chose the American League champions and we chose the National League champions, and then who would actually win the entire thing? And Babs is the only one still in contention. Chose the Nationals to win the entire thing against the New York Yankees, and he's the only one that could still possibly have his matchup come true. All everyone everyone at Ride the Wave chose someone from the American or who the two teams that are in the American league championship series right now. Um, but Babs could be the only one to, to choose that correctly, especially looking at the things he's predicted in the past. The, the, not, and it's not even a prediction. It's, they're all spoiler alerts. We got to start listening to them. Well, start getting some free listen. money on the parlay, the super bowls, and now the Washington nationals in the world series. It's, it's more of this. I mean, uh, I was talking to the, person that will remain nameless on this podcast and uh, i was talking to him about the parlay and he goes i mean i'll believe it because you know what you're talking about it's not like you're just coming out here with hot predictions yeah i come out with every so often and we're never going to be right a hundred percent of the time like you're going to be wrong i said this to kev actually earlier like if you're right about 60 percent of the time 65 70 like that's good like that's really good like if you're wrong more than half the time you look bad but uh the nats team like we talked about a couple 
uh, weeks ago. I'm I'm a pink hat baseball fan. I just know that they were getting hot towards the end of the season. They ended up clinching that wild card game. It reminds me of like the Colorado Rockies in 07. Like they won 22 out of the last 23 games heading into the World Series before they got smacked by the Red Sox. But yeah. it's 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 a baseball, classic baseball. You got to get hot at the right time. And I just felt like the Nationals were hot. And it's the Bryce Harper situation. There's always storylines. There's always yep. a storyline. There's never that whole like, you know, they just win and that's it. There's always a storyline that goes involved. Oh, Babs, you live in a fantasy world. This isn't WWE. Well, guess what? There's always storylines attached to anything. The fucking the Boston Red Sox in 2013, the Boston bombing. I mean, like that's them. The Patriots in 01 winning it all. The 9-11 had it was that year. There's always a storyline around it. Yep. So Bryce Harper, it's going to be the talk of the town, man. And when the World Series comes along and Brendan, we looked up ticket prices already. <laughs> Nine hundred bucks to get into the uh, world. That series. is, that's going to be a must-see series down in DC for the first time in eighty or ninety even years that the the World Series will be hosted in DC. And it wasn't even a Nationals or a Montreal associated team. It was at the the Washington Senators from the nineteen thirties. I have a soft spot for them because number one, Bryce Harper went to Philadelphia. Screw Philadelphia. You always got to root against them. And number two is that I went to um, my first ever All-Star game two years ago. It was in D.C. Got to spend a couple days down there. Snuck into a, a sweet area down there as well, too. Mookie Betts led off that. Uh, and I think the American League won uh, on or something like that. And, yeah, uh, the Ales won most of the last... Yeah, so I have a little soft spot for that area, for that organization. I mean, they're they're a baseball city, and uh, and again, I support those people that stuck with the Nationals this year. And uh, I know some of them probably were mad that Bryce Harper left, and now they're hopping on the bandwagon. Of course, it's going to happen. But uh, I'm, ro- I'm rooting for them in the World Series. It's just something different. You want something different every yeah. year. You don't want that same thing. That's why people get sick of the Patriots. But guess what? The Patriots are just that g- damn good. I mean, like they are. They set they set the league of what it's supposed to be. This team can uh, – one last thing on the Nationals. This team, it's still still definitely a soft spot in my in my heart for sure. But you look at where they were 50 games into the season. This Washington Nationals team was 19-31. and 31. Very similar to – they're in last place in their division. Look um, at the, the, the Stanley Cup champions who just won it. They had a negative record against um, the, the, the St. Louis Blues before they beat the, the yep. Boston Bruins in the Stanley I, Cup. They were the I, worst team in the league and found a way to, to get to the championship round and beat one of the best teams in hockey. Another thing, too, is, again, this shows how pink hat I am. I didn't even know Strasburg was still on the team. And yeah. I just feel like Strasburg coming out was just supposed to be one of the top pitchers in the league. And he kept getting hurt over and over and over again. And his career kept getting mm-hmm. delayed, delayed, delayed. And I want him to win a World Series because he had that, all that hype. And it just it's a feel-good moment for him. Also, a little hockey talk. Bruins are going back to the Stanley Cup. I know we don't talk about hockey. I know that's mm-hmm. a lane and warrior type of thing and rune dog or whatever. But the, the Bruins have pretty much their same exact team that they had last year. And they play with that chip on the shoulder with that sour taste in their mouth game seven. And I feel like the Bruins this year, we won't talk about hockey that much. But they're going to steamroll through the NHL and they're going to steamroll through the playoffs. And they're going to win the championship this year. That's just the Stanley Cup. It feels yeah. like that's going to happen. All right. That's Let's your wrap this up. Uh, this has been episode 17 of Boston's Big Three. Thank you again, Kev, coming on. One more second from Babs. One more <laughs> second. Next week will be the first week that I will not be on the Boston's Big Three. So I'm leaving it out to Brendan. I'm leaving it out to Tyler. I'm even leaving it out to Kev. Say whatever you guys want to do. That's going to be opening night next Wednesday. The Celtics, I will be down there in Philly. I mean, I have a good excuse to not be on. I could bring my laptop and everything like that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to the Jets game Monday. We're traveling into Philly Tuesday, possibly going on a podcast or something like that with the Eagles group down there. And Wednesday's the game day. I don't come back till Thursday. My my schedule's all over the place. So 
My first time I'm not on here. Like this is the streak's over now. The streak has ended. <laughs> I'm so the longest guys... tenured Boston's big three. Host. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I hope you guys can carry it next week. And I hope that I don't have to come on some emergency YouTube live stream or something like that. All pissed off. Cause I will, if I have. <laughs> and one more thing, uh, ride the wave has something real special coming. Everybody. Um, as far as Jalen Brown, just turning down his four year, $80 million rookie extension. All right. Um, I will be seeing him face to face and depending on the circumstances, depending how he makes me feel, it's going to be the outcome of what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's going to be a public setting. There's a big thing coming up. Uh, Ride the Wave might be making an appearance there. We're not sure yet. We're going to see what's going on. But Jalen Brown just, you know, turned down, like Tyler mentioned earlier, a four-year, $80 million extension, which is a lot of money. Um, yeah, but, imagine uh, saying I, no to $80 million. Ride, Ride the wow. Wave was uh, offered uh, a, a ticket to a Jalen Brown event. And uh, we're deciding on who we want to send over there. And this might be the perfect time for Killer Kev to get a little redemption out there, too. So we're discussing it. And uh, something should come out within Friday. By Friday, we'll know everything. So we're working on it right now. We'll be covering it on Ride the Wave story, yeah. making a couple posts. So everyone just stay tuned. But take that. it down. It makes us look so bad. <laughs> That's what's going to end up happening. Whatever you do, going to end up staying up. Like, whatever ends up happening. I mean, we got the ticket, and, and we're getting this thing secured. So... Just make sure that you uh make sure you have this with you, your red card, okay? Make sure you have that with you. All right. <laughs> Episode 17, Boston's Big Three. You heard it here first and probably only. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. No idea who's going to be on the show. But, uh, yeah. Just pick up the pieces. Go Celtics. <laughs>